Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Well, it's been the Melbourne Cup over to the Meadows for the Silver Chief, and this time we focus in at Sandown Park, and the girls go head-to-head in the Laurels Classic, a terrific series it is each and every year, and our great mate from Sandown Park is here, not only to dissect that race, but just chat about everything in the world of Greyhound Racing. It's Jason Adams. Jace, good to have you back, mate. I've given you a little uh, little Christmas break before Christmas, haven't I? Hi, Jim. Yeah, you have. It's been good to put the feet up and I guess charge the batteries after what's been a, a really big period of time. But you're right, looking forward to the Laurels. It is one of the the premier races for, for female greyhounds across the country. So a good field in front of us on Thursday and uh, looking forward to it. I just want to have a bit of a chat about the, the Laurels. $78,500 in total prize money, $50,000 to the winner. Now, last week, Jace, it was six heats. So the six winners automatically through and then the two fastest seconds get through to the final. Now, I think it would be pretty rare and it's been a year of rare results in the sense of the top gun with both reserves winning the sprint and the stayers. Wouldn't it be strange to see the Quinella ran by the two greyhounds that didn't win their heats? I speak of Ailey Bale and Kelsey Bale, and I think it is a massive chance of happening. Yeah, a huge chance. And someone mentioned that uh, after the heats last week, that the two top liners potentially the the market are the two greyhounds that got beaten their heats. So I'd be stunned if that's ever happening. And that's what we've got in front of us. And I'd say, what, if they're getting beaten in the top – echelon uh, of the market, it certainly says a fair bit about how deep the field is. Oh, 100%, mate. What else has been going on anyway? Uh, countdown to Christmas, are you getting away at all over the Chrissy break, or is it work, 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 mate, and I can get you every week on the podcast? No, look, I won't be doing a lot, Jim. I've got some holidays coming up, so the Christmas onwards, so there'll be a lot of cricket. Uh, they'll be enjoying some cold beers and spending time with me, mate, so um, looking forward to that, mate. It's uh yeah, get a chance to put the feet up. How about you? Are you going away at all? I know you like to enter the snow every so often and <laughs> well, mate, maybe I'm, hit the jackal. I was going to say, I won't be entering the snow in uh, December, but uh, I was actually outside this morning. It was teeming down hail at my place in the Yarra Valley. So maybe, just maybe, I will hit the snow in December, mate. If they had snow there, I'd, I probably would go, but no. At this stage, absolutely nothing planned. Um, it's, it's sort of an exciting time of year, I suppose, with the Phoenix on uh, Saturday night, the Sale Cup. So... I'll be uh, tucking into those races, keeping nice and busy over the next few weeks. I know during the year, during the winter more so, Jim, you're quite often tempted and, and sucked in the, the pulling on the boots and, and kicking the uh, the pigskin around. Any oh. chance of rolling the armour over and putting the Great Eagles pads on? Mate, every now and then I'll, I'll go out and play a little bit of backyard cricket and I'll grab the ball and I'll throw it at the stumps and I th- try and throw it that hard that my arm's actually sore for about 30 minutes like I get this hot feeling in my arm. So there'll be, there'll be no... I've actually never played really cricket. Um, I played... Um, we might have spoke about this on the podcast a while ago. I, I played for school when I was maybe 16 or 17 and... Um, the first local round was against Lydale, who I just happened to know half the side, and they were sort of bowling lollies to me, and I ended up about 54 not out or something like that. Anyway, the coach of our side thought, well, this boy can obviously play cricket. So we get to zone, and I think he either put me at second or third. So once the first person went out at the crease, they, they were bowled out or whatever, then I'd come in. 
But anyway, I've, I've lined up at the crease, so I'm not a cricketer at all. And this guy comes hurling at 100 miles an hour, and I could barely see through the, the little grill plate of the um, helmet. I've, I've never wore a helmet before because I've never played cricket seriously, and I could barely see what's going on. Anyway, he comes in 100 mile an hour. I just hurl the bat at the ball, somehow make this like perfect connection, and off it goes to the boundary for four. And you could sort of tell at this point the um, the bowler sort of looked at me and thought, oh, no, now, this guy Jeez, can, play. can play. This guy can play. So he's, he's gone on, <laughs> rearranged the whole field. And I'm thinking, mate, that was just a fluke. I didn't tell him that. Anyway, he comes steaming in again. I, I can't see the ball, let alone the person. I've got this massive helmet on, probably too big for me, probably too small for me even. I'm not too sure, Jace. But anyway, I swing at the second one. And you know what happens? You've been castled. I've been clean bowled, mate, and that was the last time I ever played cricket. I walked off. Hey, at least I walked off with a good strike rate. Well, that's it. Four out of two balls. So that's that. 200, 200%. Is that what they say? <laughs> anyway. Strike it, 200, yeah. <laughs> Let's keep going. Run of the week. I tell you what, the longest intro on the green light on Premier Racing Podcast you'll probably ever hear. Run of the week time. Uh, and this, I thought, was enormous last week. Elite Alex coming from off the tempo. I thought he'd have to front run to win this race. I know there are a few hard luck stories in the race, but this was enormous winning race number two. Elite Alex for Team Dalbridge last week. Racing and Stealth flew out from the middle of the lines, going to cross and lead and give Red Reactor and also Elite Alex. Nice runs across to second and third. And they're followed by Bell Violin, who's close enough, six off the lead, but starting to make ground. Then Benella Banded a breakaway. Kalinda Chips well back to Aragog and about five. 10, 15 lengths, Osprey Rose off the back. Elite Alex takes the lead, led by a length and a half to Stealth, getting up on the rail, Benella Bandit. Bell Violin found trouble turning, and Elite Alex, this young star, has ripped away. He's going to win that big time, a grand win. Elite Alex by four lengths. It was a really good win, that uh, Elite Alex. Stopped the clock in quick time around the 29-20s, Jason, and fast off the back, working hard. Even Kalinda Chip's enormous in defeat, but I, I know it was... Heat's night of the laurels, but I've gone to Elite Alex's run of the night because I think he could be something really, really, really good moving forward. Yeah, he certainly gave that feeling, didn't he? I mean, he sort of promised to do something like that for a, a period of time. He debuted in really fine fashion at Ballarat, and even that performance he put together last Thursday, none of his sectionals lit up as the best of the night. It was just an all-round good performance, and for what's going to be the, the most in-form Kennel in the country in Team Dalbridge. And this boy doesn't turn two until March. So, plenty in the tank to, to improve on. Even saying how good that one, that win was last Thursday night. Thursday's preview. Well, enough about the past. Let's get into the future and find the punters out there, the loyal punters on the green light on Premier Racing Podcast and winners, Race and Jason. 12 on the card, Laurel's Night at Sandown Park. Just quickly before we rip into these 12 races, 6.48. I must say, I enjoyed calling there last week. A uh, couple of uh, big runs, obviously Elite Alex, but uh, the Laurels, I thought, were absolutely outstanding as well. But let's start with race one, Terrelgan to Sandown final. Andrew Paraskevis must be absolutely furious at the moment. You know why, Jace? Tell me, his dog's going well, so why would he be angry? Well, his dogs are flying, but every time he comes to headquarters, I feel lately, like last week, Nahalem drew box eight, just couldn't quite get across them. And, and this one here, your colour room, I think is a genuine superstar in the making, but I, I just love to see him draw a box. He's had five or six runs now. His last five have been from eight, five, six, three, four. He's now got box seven. If you put him off the cherry in this race, he runs 29-20, builds the confidence, turns into a star. So I'm feeling for Mr. Paraskevis, but I still think he'll win. I'm with number seven. I think he can overcome the draw. I think this is a really, really good pup on the up. 
Yeah, it does look to be that way. I mean, he's done plenty so far. He's so young, but has so much ability. So I think exactly the same thing. And with Andrew's dogs, isn't it? It's a bit like the the Pachilli boys. You see the name, you just know what sort of kennel it's come from. There's uh, very familiar in the way they're named Greyhound. So I think this boy's certainly on the up. What about race two? Staying race over the seven fifteen. I thought this was only a field of six, but one of the hardest races you'll uh, you'll stumble across. I might even have a little small play on Shazani because I think on the off's going to show speed not necessarily find the line overly strong, and Shurzani might be the one that's uh, thumping home at the end. Mapunga Raider's an interesting dog. Oh, look, he's got untapped ability, but we saw him just a little bit green last time at the Meadows, so it's an interesting race. Amnesty steps up to seven. Not sure if she's going to power through the line at 700, so I'm probably going to have a little each-way play on number eight, Shurzani here. Yeah, interesting race. I mean, you're right on Amnesty. She keeps opening up short prices, and it doesn't look to be going near as well as what she was in the middle part of the year. I'm with number four, Grace, in shock. I thought he wasn't too bad on Saturday at the Meadows. He could easily lead here and just grind away. So number four for me. Race three, uh, number four is Black Sail for Nettie McDonald, one of a couple that he has in, and uh, he's a great mate of the show. That good that he's coming on the podcast toward the end. So we'll chat about his run of Black Sail and then obviously the uh, the attempt potentially at the Sail Cup with Black Sail, which would be... Uh, would be fitting, wouldn't it, uh, with a name like Black Sail? But uh, race number three, look, I'm actually going to go with Earthworm Jim. Um, I just thought he was elite at Ballarat last time. I'm not sure if you've seen the race, Jace, but he just lid ping from box five, went straight to the front. Uh, and there was a couple of handy dogs in the race that just never, ever got into it. The reason they didn't is because Earthworm was off and gone. So I'm going to stick with the three. I think if he jumps and leads, he might take some catching here, probably at a decent price too. Yeah, I hope you're right for the trainer's sake. Dino McAuliffe is a lovely man. I'm with number seven, Little Critter. And of all those good laurel seats last week, Jim, she still had the fastest first 20 metres of the meeting. So I think she can step to the front. She's a bit of a grinder, sort of one-pace type. So uh, don't mind the, uh, the step back up at 600 metres. Yeah, she uh, she has got very good box manners, uh, Little Critter, and she can do it over just about any distance. Race number four, Mix three and four, 715 metres. How, how do we possibly pull this one apart? Uh, I thought the run of Big Bertha was really good at Geelong last time, just sort of switching over heels at the start and, and then chasing down Mapunga Ruby. I thought that was a good enough run to suggest an each-way play for me. And what is a, a tricky little race, I reckon, the fourth? Yeah, tricky, underline and bold. I think, yeah, you're right, Big Bertha's going to have a paddock to work with from the red. I went with first picks. I just didn't know where to look. Looked at her form, three from three at the track and... Um, yeah, from a 700 metre point of view, plenty of runs under the belt. So I'm with her. She was the first one you picked in race number four. Race five, I'm with two zipping uh, Dixie on top here. Uh, just going pretty well on the provincials now in the care of Stephen Bruce White. I think can uh, can run well number two, but it's not the easiest of races. No, number one, holy smoke for me when, uh, in the hands of Robin Moore. It's drawn horribly and consistently as well. So big tick for the red and hope she can go well. Yeah, it's, I think it's a big chance, the red. I, I was just hoping the two could replicate that 505 five starts ago and cross and lead. Speaking of replicating early speed, Vader Bale, um, she'd blow your little speed map charts apart, I reckon, uh, there at Sandown Park with that early speed and lid speed that she has. Is Would, would she be the fastest beginning greyhound that you've had at Sandown since they've been doing those breakdown sectionals, I guess you could call them? Yeah, consistently, Jean. Yeah, she sort of hits you sort of two oh fives, which if you... You're setting that over the first 20 yards straight to the top, which we so often see her do. Who are we tipping, though? Are we tipping Vader to hang on? I'm going to go Peacock. I just think he's uh, in the zone and he's drawn well again to get the right run through. 
Yeah, chances everywhere. I was tempted to go with Ava Blazer, given the early pace that she's also got, but so not a lot of experience at this sort of uh, level uh, yet. So ended up settling on Peacock. He's just going really well. Top win last week, a really best performance. So hard to take him on. My best bet maybe of the night, one of my better bets, race seven, number two, Throstle Bale. I just think the Reds going to spear the lids and lead. Uh, Benella Bandit in box four runs up the track a bit. Landon Bale's the concern because he'll be charging forward. He's in good form third in the Silver Chief last start. But I think Throstle Bale's drawn to win this from box two. Going to get room, especially as you mentioned with Ferocious Katie Ping in the start. Benella Bandit, I went with, he made a mess of the start last week. He's better than that, so... If he can set sort of a 5-10, 5-15 early split, he's going to put himself in the race. What about race eight? The Laurels, the feature for the girls. It's a group level, group two level. Uh, terrific race on paper. $50,000 to the winner. Ailey Bale in one for Mark Delbridge. Two Guelph for Brooke Ennis. They're in hot form, the Ennis Kennel. Kelsey Bale for Daniel Gibbons, box three. Mirabella Bale, Mark Delbridge, box four. Baby JC, Robert Douglas from Heathcote, box five. Fur pyjamas for Desi Douch, who's literally airborne at the moment. He is flying. Seven cash it in, Tim Britton. Eight jackpot Joan for Glenn Dayton. Reserves the box-pinging rocket little critter. And your hero Bale, who... So close to making it through first up, which was a, a massive performance, I thought, last week as well for Danny Gibbons. But uh, firstly, Jace, who leads the race? We'll have a clue. How's the early speed in this? He looks through what they've done last week. After field has gone five O's and the rest aren't too far behind. So I wanted, I wanted a good draw. I want an improvement, and I think both of those things are going to come from number two, Guelph. She was yeah. last week. We know she can show a lot of pace, and Jamie Ennis did say in the week uh, leading up to the race that he was a bit worried about the way she's going to finish off given she was uh, relatively fresh heading into it. So she's going to improve at all. I think she's going to uh, play a big part. How do you read this and in particular? How you think that first split's going to play out? Because it's manic. Yeah, look, it's it's amazing the speed. Like baby JC fur pajamas, lid ping last week. Kelsey can go five O's. Mirabella Bale can go five O's. Guelph could probably go five O three, which she ran three starts ago. I think Ailey Bale's the one because I I have her being capable of of running a, a low maybe five O five five O eight from the draw that might be enough to go through and lead and and I thought her run chasing down Baby JC was just immensely impressive last week. She gets the eight of box number one. Um, I'm I'm probably leaning to Ailey Bale, but it's such a hard race. So I'm just going to go with one on top from three Kelsey Bale. I think the class of Kelsey, if the red does begin, it brings Kelsey Bale right into the race because Guelph and Ailey are going to go flat chat. Mirabella Bale is going to come over. Baby JC may be caught four wide, and I can just see Kelsey Bale tucking in on the rail. And and if she gets half a run at them, she she's the best dog in the race, Kelsey Bale. But um, yeah, I just thought Ailey Bale's got the most scope. She's on the up where Kelsey's probably at her at her best already. So. I'm tipping one to beat three, but uh, I think this is going to be a really, really good Laurels Classic this year, Jace. So you're sticking with Guelph? Yeah, yeah I'm sticking with Guelph, but you're spot on about Chelsea Bale. I mean, we speak about the, the depth of speed in this race. She's got awesome strength. I mean, who would have thought they'd be thinking her in that sort of bracket, say, through March and April, where she was showing high speed and not overly strong, and now she's the opposite. She'll be the best run home the whole meeting last week. So 
if there's any jam up front or if she's closer than, than what she has been in her past few runs and she's going to be charging. But, yeah, I'm sticking with number two, Grolf. Ailey Bell favourite, $3, ahead of Kelsey Bell also at $3. Uh, slightly more for the place, though, with Kelsey Bell at one forty-five in comparison to Ailey Bale, who, if you look at it on an each-way play, is the favourite for the Laurels Classic. Race number nine now, uh, the Beacon Hills Golf Links final. I think I might have played there, Jase. Have you been to Beacon Hills Golf Links before? Yeah, I might have played there when I was 18, 19. Is it up up on like a, a bit of a hill and there's, I think, two different courses? Is that the right one or...? or haven't played enough. I'd have to ask some of my mates, but the way I hit him, I, I don't play golf very often. I'm not even sure if it is the one I went to, but I went to a golf course not far from Berwick, and it was very, very good, and it may well have been Beacon Hills Golf Links. I reckon it was. I've got this funny feeling it was. But who wins the race? Uh, people aren't too worried here on the podcast about the golf. They're worried about finding the winner, which I don't think is easy in this race because money owes – Look, I, I must say, Jace, when I was watching the race live on Sunday and Money O's just burst clear down the back, I thought he was going to run 29.10, 29.15. I was a little bit surprised to see he only ran 29.30 and then maybe that, that draws him back to this field and then gives the others a bit of a chance to beat him. Mm, yeah, the run home was massive. And initially I wrote down number one, winner do Wendy. I thought her turn of foot early on Sunday was superb and then I just ended up going with Money O's because that was a, a huge effort. The run home was off the chart. So if he's close enough, watch out. He's going to be storming home. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with Money O's. I just think he's the the class dog of the race. I think he wears blinkers, so pretty sure he does anyway. But um, he's one of the success stories there with the blinkers on. Race number 10. Uh, Wow, this is a bit of a raffle. How do you see this over the 595? I actually haven't put down a number on my paperwork here for this one. Oh, you're not getting not doing that sort of form again, are you, Jim? Well, if you're going to go the red, I'll go the red with you because I think that was the dog that I was going (laughs) to lean to. Is that who you like, or? Yeah, uh, yeah, dirt, yeah, dirt farmer for me. Good on Saturday night, and as we know with his breed, Fernando Bal tears I am. The more they are exposed to to racing over six hundred meters, seven hundred meters, he should get even better. So, mm. uh, with him for those reasons. Yeah, and I think he he was pretty good. Jesse Benz raced in that race at the Meadows last time, and. Uh, awkward draw, Dirt Farmer was able to overcome that and win. So uh, let's wrap this up. Race 11 over the 515 metres. Is there a winner amongst these eight? I know you're an old, old Rick Bale fan. He's, he still hasn't won a race since you've been talking him up, though, for a long time, Chase. Is tonight the night? Yeah, oh, no, no, it's not. Even time you say that, he salutes. He's just one of those dogs, isn't he? He's sort of back me next start sort of dog. And if uh, if buts and maybes, but not so bad. I'm with Loxton Bale, number two. Really good at Geelong, two starts ago, and inside draws a tick. I didn't like the last two races, to be honest. Uh, I might uh, go with the red-white whale coming off a run behind Jackpot Joan and was up there mid-race two in that laurels from an awkward draw. So going to the cherry, I would be hoping that it can lead. And then race number 12, I might go with Chapel Road. Uh, next litter on to uh, to Aussie Secret, Robbie Bean and Jason Thompson combine. And I know that uh, that Rob Bean has been pretty bullish about this litter, saying that early days they were running quicker in trials at the same point, then that, that starring first litter got the talk, uh, Aussie Secret, just to name a few. So I'm going to go with Chapel Road in the last. Number one for me, flying ability. Bay's last week during that sort of acceleration period, she was really good and, um, yeah, I think she can match motors with Chapel Road and has track position on the inside from the red. Back-to-back red boxes for Red Box Lanigan too, I notice, flying ability. Yeah, yeah, surprise, surprise, Em Lanigan box one. He does all right, doesn't he? Punters Punting Club. Alrighty, Punters Punting Club, uh, racing Jason Adams. I reckon uh, I've got one mm-hmm. earlier in the night. I've accidentally just clicked on my mouse, and you know I've always had 
issues with my mouse and now it's zoomed in that big that it takes me about five minutes to scroll through the form guide. But it was race seven, number two, Throstle Bale that I had marked as uh, my best bet. So I'm going to have 20 a win, 30 a place on Throstle Bale, banking on the fact that Ferocious Katie goes straight to the top and the check goes straight to second. And I think it'll be game set match from there. Mm, yeah, well, if you don't get half a dozen mouses, mice turn up at your joint for Christmas, Jim, from the, the green light on Faithful, I'll be very disappointed. But for me, race two, number four, Grace in shock, we'll go $25 each way. More likely to have two or three live mouses or mice or whatever you want to call them come steaming through the house at Christmas, trying to pinch the Christmas pudding. Hey, Jace, uh, we do it again next week, mate. And just as we part today, right now for the Phoenix, is there one that you'd be be pushing us into. I know you've got all the info there at Sandown Park. I know it's not at Sandown Park, but a metro track in Melbourne, you'd be pretty confident you've got one worked out. Is it Amron Boy? Oh uh, no, not yet. I think obviously the the news today of plaintiff coming out is is disappointing for for everyone, not only connections. So it's going to be interesting to see who takes his place. So I'll sit on the fence for now until that happens, mm. and then tune into the. the green light on episode later in the week and get the thoughts of you and also the great man Corey Smith. Rejuvenate, is he the greyhound you'd pick? I know there's about six dogs that Neds have got mm-hmm. the choice of picking um, now that uh, that the scratchings come through a plaintiff or the withdrawal. Would it be Rejuvenate you'd take the punt on the youngster? Or Zippy Tesla? I think so. I mean, you can go with Tesla. You know what you're going to get. But from a bad draw, and he's probably going to be a big run in, in second, third or fourth. So you need something if you want to be a genuine winning chance to go straight to the top and we know Rejuvenate, when he gets that room, he can really carve through his gears. So on paper, I, I reckon he'd have to be the one to go with. On your Jace. Enjoy the laurels, mate. Uh, good luck there. And I'm cheering for Ailey Bale. So good luck to you in Guelph. Thanks, Jim. Enjoy, mate. Inside Info. Well, the Green Light On Premier Racing Podcast family are happy about this. Nettie McDonald back on the podcast. And before I welcome him in, let's have a listen to last week because this was impressive from Nettie McDonald with Black Sail romping away to win. Have a listen to this. But it's all Black Sail for Nettie McDonald. A big win that. Black Sail by seven lengths over Sheets. A big win that. A big win that it was. Nettie Mac must have been nice to be in town as I welcome you to the podcast getting a win last Thursday. Yeah, it was pleasing. It was, you know, it's it's good to go into the city and have a crack. And the dog's been scrambling for an inside draw, and he and he finally got one, and he, he put his best foot forward when he when he um when he went around. Hey mate, you must have been pretty happy with the sections though. He's gone twenty three O's down the back at uh, Sandown. He probably got a little bit tired in the the last fifty meters of that run at Sandown, but he just burnt the candle, didn't he, in the in the first half of the race? So you must have been wrapped to see him run those sections, which not many six hundred meter dogs can run. Well, I was. Oh, oh, he is a fast dog, and he relies on a bit of luck because he can be hit and miss out of the boxes. And he, um, you know, he's running twenty three O's, but it was race twelve. He he got a little bit wound up in the kennel, and I think he he, he just had enough by the. You could tell coming back past the five and a meter boxes on the second lap, he's like, all right, where's the line? I'm looking for a drink, but I don't think. I still think he'll run home in your ten eighties. Like I think, I think he just needs a couple more six hundred under his belt, and he'll um he'll fitten up really good over the distance. You know. Hey, he bounces into box four, so you didn't get the good draw for too long. <laughs> I've had a look through his form. Four, 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 six, and then he drew the red last week, and now he's back to box number four. Firstly, we'll start on him. How, how do you see the race playing out? Wipe the tears in one. My Bonneville two, Earthworm Jim, who was really, really impressive last run down at Ballarat. Lead ping. Do you, are you sort of hoping that you can follow Earthworm Jim straight to second and then try and run him down? Well, I, I think... Um there's a bit of pace out. I think that uh, little critter's at seven or eight, and I think it's got a it's got a bit of pace it that does. dog. And 
I think I think it's going to be the major player for what's going to happen on early because Black Star, he's going to want to. His his first step isn't to the rail. It's sort of he does a little bit of a right, not a right hand turn, but his first step is to use a bit of the track. And I think um, I think Earthworm Jim's going to be. He, he he was very impressive at Ballarat, and I I think he'll buy for the lead early. And dog, a dog like my Bonneville, look, no one's talking about him enough. He's, he's two starts ago, the dog ran thirty three ninety eight. So. If he gets the, if he gets the bounce right, we'll be we'll be all running for second. Yeah, it's a good point. It is a good point. But uh, I, I I just reckon your bloke, if a little critter or an earthworm Jim goes to the front and and your boy can just get cover sitting second, he's going to find the line like you say, ten eighties home, and he may be capable of running a thirty three eighty on on Thursday night. And if he does that, you'd be fairly confident the rest are running for second. Yeah. Oh, I just think it sounds silly, but if you go and watch his sale runs over five twenty and that, he actually. His run home times when there's a dog out in front and it gives him a little bit of something to chase. He only gets he only gets him he only gets him by a length or half a length. But it, he he likes having like a like something out in front where he can sort of sit leaders back and then harness turn wait for the sprint lane and then just pull out and take off. You know. Mm, yeah, the old slipstream run. Now that's that's what I reckon he might get. Uh, what about this other runner uh, under arrest? Goes around race ten, number three. Another superior Panama pup. This one by Sweet. It is one of the great stayers and. A uh, bit of a, an interesting form line. Went up to sale, raced against Aston Velvet, Jarek Bale. So this is a, a much, much easier assignment. And uh, a Graham with a big motor when he gets it all right as well. Oh, he, he um, yeah, he just can't have any luck. He can't take a trick, that dog. He's, he's trolling as good as he's ever trolled. And just, oh, he was outgraded last week to, to like, that was just ridiculous. Like, it, I, I probably threw him in the deep end as well. But even in the final, um, Yesterday night, he, he got the massive bump on the first time. I nearly lost his feet, tacked on, and he run on like run on okay for nearly coming down on his feet. But the red in that race went really good um, at the Meadows, so he's going to be hard to beat. But I, I think an inside draw, and he he has trialed really good round there over six, and he has run home in I think ten seventy seventy nine or ten eighty two or something. So what would he go if you put him round solo in this race? What do you think he'd run thirty four twenty, thirty four thirty, or something like that, or? He has tried thirty four nineteen. Yeah, there you go. He runs that, he wins it, doesn't he? Yeah, but he just that's thirty four nineteen, mate. He's going around on his own. He's got no one to bump. He's a big leggy boy, and if a feather landed on his back, he'll nearly fall over. He, he doesn't. He does. He doesn't cop the hits too well. That one. Well, mate, I reckon we're going to have a sneaky little each way play. Obviously, you're thinking the best of the two is is Black Sail. Yeah, oh, he's a he's a. He's a he's a very fast dog that dog and he just needs that answer luck early and then Ben starts so can sort you out so if he if he jumps like he did last week I think we'll be we'll be we'll be um we we'll right up there at the finish hopefully. What's news for Christmas, mate? You're getting away or you're stuck in Melbourne town? What's the plan? Nah, mate. There's no such thing as getting away when you got dogs. You know nah. what it's like. You're um twenty four seven seven days a week, mate. I'll be I'll be having Christmas lunch and then running back around and doing the dogs. Is there anything else going on in your life, Nettie Mac? I think last time we had a bit of a chat. You were either playing basketball or football or something like that. I'd, I'd assume football's well and truly over, but basketball. Did you did you go any good this year? Yeah, no. We're still we're still in. I'm playing. Um, I've upped the ante a bit. I'm actually playing three nights a week now, so I'm, I'm fully into the shooting the hoops, and it's it's a bit hard though because um, the main night of racing is Thursday night, and the main night main night of basketball is Thursday night. So you got to sort of take one for the team and go go to the races this week, and the next week I'll be sent maybe Big Scotty Brendan down to Sandown and going back to uh, basketball. I'm just trying to work out, mate. You only told me about a minute ago that there's not much time in in the life of a greyhound trainer, and somehow you found yourself playing basketball three days a week. Yeah, I know. I'm not. <laughs> me, um, me. 
my sleeping pattern is um, it's all over the joint. You get three hours one night, you get six the next night, and then yeah, it's just there's plenty happening. I tell you, you try to keep it as simple and simple and plain as you can, but there's always something going on. It's not easy being Michael Jordan of the Graham world, is it? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> See you, mate. Good luck this week. Right. I'll talk to you, Jimmy. And that's it. The end of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast for this edition. Stay tuned for the Phoenix edition coming out very, very soon. Looking forward to that with me, myself, and Corey Smith. Might even get a few more on that one. Stay tuned. The Phoenix one coming out soon. Phoenix edition coming out soon. Safe travelling and happy punnings.